Welcome, Katie, to the People, Planet, Prosperity podcast. We're super excited to have you today. Uh, just for our listeners, if you could maybe quickly say who you are, uh, what you do, and maybe how you got into it. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is one of the best parts of my job is talking to people. Um, and talking about propane is, is not usually uh, what most people think about when they're thinking about their daily lives or even about energy. So really quickly, I'm Katie Catcher. I'm the Vice President for Government Affairs for Western Canada for the Canadian Propane Association. I've been in this role just about two years, uh, but I've spent my entire career in the energy sector. So it's a new opportunity for me, but really exciting and really excited to talk about it more with you. Okay. And, and for our younger listeners who may be you know, exploring different career options right now, maybe university, maybe not, um, maybe they might find interesting, what drew you into this? Like, what's kind of the path been like? That's a great question. And I would say my path hasn't been typical, but that's also what I think is really exciting. And if I were a young person today, which I'm not anymore, I'd be excited about all the opportunities you've got in the energy sector. When I started out, I started first at an environmental think tank, more on the academic side of energy. I then went to work for uh, a lobby association, specifically in the oil sands at CAP. And then I spent some time working at TC Energy on the pipeline sector. Uh, so when they gave me a call for this role, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know that much about propane. Uh, it's been a steep learning curve for me, but that's the exciting part. I keep building on what I learn about the energy sector and applying it um, across a broad variety of opportunities. Um, so that's, that's one thing I'd like to leave with your listeners. You never know what's going to be next around the energy sector corner. I don't think any of us have had our careers mapped out uh, necessarily in Calgary or Western Canada, but the opportunities keep coming, uh, keep us getting up in the morning. Awesome. Um, so maybe what we could quickly do is, I suspect a lot of our listeners don't actually know what propane is and uh, what it can be used for besides the old barbecue in the back. So maybe share, uh, fill us in a bit on that. Yeah, well, my, my unofficial tagline is, it's not just your, dad, your dad's barbecue. Um, I didn't know much about propane, like I said, when I started either. Um, so for folks who aren't aware, uh, propane in Canada is mostly a byproduct of natural gas. So whenever you have natural gas production, propane is associated with that. Um, mostly produced in Western Canada, in Alberta, in BC, with the Montney Formation. We produce it out here. A lot of use of propane is actually in Eastern Canada, so Quebec, Ontario, and Atlantic Canada. We're also exporting uh, quite a bit of propane. Uh, since 2017, that was our first shipment of uh, propane exports, uh, and we ship more than half of it overseas now. So half of Canadian propane gets shipped to uh, South Korea, Japan, and other countries looking for cleaner energy sources. Um, natural gas production is increasing, and thus propane production is increasing, and we're also seeing uh, increased demand, both in Canada and worldwide. Okay. So, um, this sounds like really interesting, but on a more personal note, why does this industry matter to you? That's a really good question, and I didn't have an answer to that when I took this job, but having dived in it, into it and lived in it the last few months, what I really am passionate about is energy equity. Um, I don't think the energy transition, uh, which is coming and which will happen and needs to happen, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all approach, especially for a big, cold country like Canada. I think we're going to need a variety of low carbon options uh, to meet uh, both domestic and global uh, demand and that choice and technology um, needs to be a part of all conversations. We're not going to electrify everything, we're not going to put solar panels in the sun where the sun doesn't shine, 
propane will work in certain places that other energy sources don't. And so my job is to make sure that propane is part of the conversation. It's not the entire conversation. It's not even the biggest part of the conversation. But I advocate often for rural and remote communities that may not have the same energy um, access to energy that other communities do. Uh, what works in Vancouver may not work in Churchill, Manitoba. And I use propane as a starting space to talk about what energy choice, what energy equity should look like. And I try to encourage um, folks around the table to think broadly and make sure we're thinking in the long-term best interest for not just one segment of Canadians, but across our whole big, cold country. And I like how you mentioned the, the fact that like energy use looks different in different parts of this country, right? Because I think one thing we often run into, uh, and this is what we try and work on at uh, YCR, is that um, it's very easy not to understand how people uh, make a living, how they fuel and heat and electrify their homes when you live somewhere completely different, which is something else. I came from BC, it's predominantly hydro. And then I hear about Ontario, there are a lot of nuclear power. And that's something where I'm like, nuclear power, what? So on that note of um, different places using different energy, what, do you, what would you say to someone uh, who maybe is in a place where propane is in low usage? and doesn't get why it should still be used or why it's used and how it's used. What would you do to change their perspective on that? Yeah, it's a great question and I get that question a lot from very uh, senior politicians to you know anyone I kind of chat to about propane. And what I really point to is we need all forms of decarbonized energy, right? Like that's, a, that's something we can all stand behind. But what I really want to see is that technology neutral approach. Let's set the goals, whatever they may be, and let industries figure out how to get there. For example, propane, as I pointed out at the beginning, is a byproduct of natural gas. The future of propane could actually look very different than it looks right now. We're already seeing something called renewable propane uh, produced or consumed, sorry, in every state in the U.S. and in Europe. We're also seeing something called renewable dimethyl ether. That's the longest <laughs> word I'll use today, um, which is using the entirely. Uh, uh, sustainable feedstock already being produced in California. So to people that don't know about propane or don't necessarily care about propane, that's okay. Like I said, it, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. If you're in BC and are blessed with a clean hydro grid, that's great. Um, but for Alberta, Saskatchewan, none of it, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI, um, their grids are not as clean as propane. My carbon intensity is actually lower than the grid in those uh, areas I just named off. So let's have a let's have a wide path and let's have a broad suite of policy choices that all get us to the same end goal, but also allows for affordable and reliable energy no matter where you live. And we love to hear that. Um, you mentioned renewable propane. Now, as we said before, most people know very little about propane at all. I suspect they know even less about renewable propane. So would love to hear a bit more about what that is and what the benefits are and how it's been used in Canada. Yeah, that's a great question. So renewable propane, like I said, is being produced mainly in the U.S. and Europe right now. And there, I mean, there's different, there's seven, without getting too technical, there's seven different pathways to produce it. But the long and the short of it is right now, Canadian propane's carbon intensity is about the same as natural gas. That's in terms of our emissions. What we're seeing in the U.S. is that uh, that renewable propane lowers our carbon intensity to about roughly um, half or even less than half of what it is right now. Renewable propane is often a byproduct of renewable diesel. So we're seeing a lot of investment, a lot of excitement, a lot of opportunity around renewable diesel. Well, guess what? Renewable propane is a byproduct of renewable diesel. So I like to joke, you can't get rid of me. 
I'm a byproduct of conventional uh, natural gas production. I'm a byproduct of renewable diesel. So then the conversation should be, what's the best use for me, right? Where should I go? How can I serve uh, in the best interest of Canadians and abroad? Okay. Well, thank you for that. So narrowing in a bit on Canada's propane industry, what are the strengths of this? Like, what do you see where it makes you really proud about how this industry is operating? And maybe how has there been progress or change over the last number of years? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think this, uh, someone said this to me a while ago and it's really stuck with me. This industry uh, operates with honesty and integrity because we're face-to-face -face with our customers, unlike many other energy sources. If you're on the retail side of propane, you're interacting with your customer weekly, monthly, annually, but there's there's that in-person interaction, which I think is really uh, important. Uh, and it's a, it's a hard-working industry. A lot of my members and, and their employees are outside in cold weather, uh, in terrible conditions, uh, and oftentimes are providing energy during um, crises, right? So whether it's an ice storm in Quebec, propane as a backup energy source is brought in, um, the forest fires out in BC that happen now quite frequently, propane is brought in as a, as a backup fuel source in the climate disasters. Even during the COVID crisis, when we were doing COVID testing in those drive-through tents, propane heaters heated those tents. Right, so I'm really proud of the versatility of the fuel. I don't know if we've done a great job telling that story, to be quite honest. And that's part of my job, is to talk about what we do, how well we've done it, and then to your point, Sean, where is our next steps? Where is our room for improvement? Where do we go from here? But it is truly a hardworking, honest, uh, and reliable, dependable fuel source, and the people behind it are the same. And that's what's really neat about this sector. I didn't know that when I joined and I'm really proud to work with the people I do because they're really passionate about what they're doing every day. That line you said about versatility, I think especially the young Canadians, right? We see um, a lot of uncertainty in, in the way certain things with the climate might be going with various other things. And I think versatility is definitely a comfort word in uncertainty because it's that idea of adaptability. Uh, can you talk a bit more about the versatility of propane? Yeah, propane is one of the most versatile fuels in existence, um, right? It's portable, it's stored in tanks, and the really cool thing about that too is once it's in a tank, the fuel doesn't degrade over time. Something like diesel does. So you uh, truck it out to wherever you need to, it's in a tank, and it can sit there for years. It's an energy source that's there whenever you need it as a primary or backup energy source. That can't be said about all the other energy sources we're looking at. And like, let me be clear, every energy source has a trade-off. There's no perfect fuel. There's no silver bullet. Don't believe that if they tell you. From wind turbines to propane to nuclear, everything has a trade-off and everything has a really positive footprint too. And I really believe in being honest about that because then I think we have a rational conversation about back to what can work and where. Not just trying to blanket, blanket statement the energy transition for Canada. It doesn't look the same. It can't look the same. Right? So I... Propane is about the most versatile fuel that you can keep, either in your house, at your home, anywhere you need it, and it's always there, either as primary or backup energy. I work a lot with Indigenous communities. Um, most Indigenous communities, if they haven't yet converted, are on diesel systems. That's just what was set up, you know, hundreds of years ago. We know diesel is dirty. We know that there is uh, lower emission, cleaner options, right? But as uh, someone said to me in one of these communities, you know, Katie, at the end of the day, I need a fuel source I can see and rely on. If I'm going out in my skidoo in January, I need something in my hand that I can pour into my tank that I know is going to get me home. 
and I think propane is exactly the right choice for something like that. It may not work downtown Vancouver uh, or in Calgary where we both are right now. I see your cowboy hat behind you. But it does work and is, is necessary for a lot of these remote and rural communities that just don't, are far away from any other energy sources. Propane is reliable. So you mentioned that part about uh, Indigenous communities and obviously where propane is a very important energy source for them. Um, and obviously like consumption is a key aspect of any industry. Uh, on the like the business side, do you like, is there uh, a certain amount of effort that goes into creating partnerships with Indigenous communities for employment and um, general financial benefit and growth? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say we're early into that conversation as a sector, Sean, but it's it's, a, it's an important conversation and one we continue to have. And quite frankly, my members have it as the companies. I, I open and can facilitate the conversations, but it's really a, a chief to chief or community to community conversation. But really, Sean, you're exactly right. At the end of the day, the economic benefits need to stay within the community, whether that's jobs, revenue, um, any improvements need to stay and be owned by the community. So we're really looking at what that could look like. Um, we have a propane training section as part of our um, our association. So you know you can um, you can go through an education system, get trained, and then be in our sector. Uh, we also have a lot of family-run businesses. I didn't know this when I joined either, but there's a lot of intergenerational propane uh, companies, and that's another um, interesting and exciting opportunity for perhaps indigenous communities. The other thing I would add that the indigenous communities are potentially interested in, which we've seen it, I've seen it already in BC, is propane, maybe not as primary um, energy source, but as a backup, right? So you, with lots of interest in renewables, whatever works in your community. If let's say a solar, uh, it's really sunny where you live 300 days a year, uh, solar panels are great, you still need backup energy. It's too intermittent um, to rely, of course, as we all know, on that type of energy. Um, so propane can be back up to solar panels, and we've actually seen that in a community called Honey Guatine in BC. They took out all their diesel, most I should say, of their diesel, uh, put in solar panels, and then brought in uh, propane tanks behind the solar panels as backup. So there's a lot of different ways to look at propane, and again, I, my job is to think creatively and encourage others to think creatively in this space. I think it's really cool the point you said about as a backup, right? Because like we look at solar panels, right? Um, it's not always sunny. But the idea that these resources like propane, which are produced in Canada to very high standards, can be used on part of the energy transition is a really neat thing. Now, before we dive more into the energy transition, because that's obviously a very pertinent topic for young Canadians, I just want to circle back. You mentioned something about a propane training program. And I know some of the people listening right now, they might be looking at whether they're going to a trades or a more academic career, but something that may end up involving natural resources and very likely propane. Tell us a bit more about that program, please. Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I, I dropped that in hoping that we could chat a little bit more about that. So it's called the Propane Training Institute, and really it's, course, it's courses to get certified um, as a propane. You can be an inspector, you can be a gas fitter, and what I think is really cool about these trades is they're uh, multidisciplinary, right? You're not necessarily staying in one sector. If you're a gas fitter, you could be doing a variety. You have, your career could look very different depending on where you live, who you are, and what you want to do. But I would leave with your audience, there's a huge amount of opportunity for the propane sector. Like I said, it's growing, um, both in production and demand, and it's a hands-on energy source. Others, you know, can be controlled perhaps from control rooms or, uh, you know, towers here, there, and everywhere. Propane is really hands-on and is, a, is in every province and every jurisdiction in Canada. So if you're interested, there is an opportunity there for you, for sure. Um, and I encourage folks to check out uh, our website, the Propane Training Institute. 
uh, if they want to hear a little bit more about it. Perfect. And again, folks, that's the Propane Training Institute. Um, also, another interesting thing you mentioned, intergenerational. Um, I think one thing that is uh, often maybe stepped away from or ignored in conversations about energy transition and uh, natural resources is that these are these support Canadian families, right? And these often have supported, certain industries have supported Canadian families for multiple generations. So what is the importance and benefit of having this gener intergenerational component to this industry? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, and there's just such a pride in what we do and how we do it, um, because it's it's been passed on from their grandparents or their great-grandparents. It's a family tradition, it's a time-honored tradition to work hard and serve your customers well. And like I said, we go, we provide energy in sometimes very difficult situations, and we're really proud to do that, and we really feel like we're, we're a helpful fuel. If you're, if you're stuck and you need an energy source, um, whether you're backpacking, let's say you're a you know, you're off-gridding, or there's a climate emergency, or, you know, even um, our grid goes down, which can and will happen. Propane is absolutely there always as a backup source, and I really see that sense of pride and ownership uh, in my members, and I hope that continues, quite honestly, um, because there, there's really an opportunity, like I said, for that next generation within families, but also people that are new to the propane sector, Sean. If no one's heard someone talk about propane before today, Hopefully, I can uh, impart a little uh, optimism or excitement about the um, about what the sector uh, can bring. Awesome, and let's talk about exciting stuff. So, what are the what is the potential for propane going into the future? What's the industry looking like? What are the opportunities, and how is this going to play into any potential transitions that do occur? Yeah, well, it, it's a great question, and I would I would answer it two ways. There's there's potential within Canada, certainly. I think the, the two biggest potentials I see within Canada are displacing diesel, right? It's, it's a very, I, should, I, I don't say easy, but it's a simple uh, switch out from diesel systems that still give people uh, clean, reliable, affordable energy. And like I talked about the backup to other renewable sources, I think there's really cool partnerships that could happen there that people wouldn't necessarily think about. Um, I chat with my renewable colleagues across Canada think about ways we can work together and like I said microgrids are something that we're really trying to work on figuring out how that could look like. Um, the other piece to take a step back though is the opportunity internationally. Right? I talked about the, that most um, over 50% of Canadian propane is exported to South Korea, Japan, other areas that are relying on very in, uh, energy intensive fuel sources like uh, you know coal, human waste. Um, the opportunity for propane to displace uh, high emission energy sources and offer a better quality of life for these developing countries is also a really, really exciting opportunity for me. It's not just an opportunity for Canada, but we can, we can, um, we can export this opportunity and that opportunity is just growing. I heard from someone the other day, I think it was in South Korea, uh, they had their propane tank and the, the company went in to switch it out or to refill the tank and they didn't want to give it back. They had Canadian stickers all over the tank and they were so proud of it and so happy to have it because it not only offered cleaner air indoors where they were cooking, it freed up the cooking time, right? If you think about a lot of uh, developing countries, a lot of women particularly spend a lot of time forging, you know, getting energy and cooking. Propane is quick, it's clean. It, it frees up an opportunity for a whole generation of women to get out of the kitchen and into the workforce. Um, you can tell by my voice. That's something I find really exciting. I think as Canadians, we owe that to countries to, uh, you know, to get to where we are in terms of the standard of living. And I'm really proud that propane can play a small, small uh, 
part in that journey and we're just started. And that's so cool. I mean, I think that really, it emphasizes two points. And the first is that the world needs more Canadian energy, which is one of our favorite sayings here at YCR and Canada Action. But also that uh, Canadian energy doesn't just turn on the lights. It puts food on the table. It provides opportunities to people who might not have those opportunities otherwise. And in both direct and indirect ways, that, that is such a cool story and uh, anecdote that you've just provided there. Um, microgrids, what are they and why are they important? Yeah, you know, there's, there's lots of, like I said, there's lots of opportunities to think outside the box, if you will. And, you know, given sort of some of the volatility we've seen with the grid, uh, some people are choosing to have totally self-reliant uh, homes or housing, right? So it's all the energy so you can touch, see, and feel. Uh, so you may have solar panels on the roof, uh, you may have turbines, you may have propane. But that is a, it's a small, but you know, again, emerging or interesting market that often people wouldn't think about for propane. You'll notice in this entire conversation I haven't said barbecue once. Um, because it really is bigger than that. And I understand why people associate propane with barbecues, but I'm, I'm here to talk about these other opportunities, like I said, our export market, microgrids back up to renewables, renewable propane, RDME. These are things I didn't know anything about two years ago, and I'm just excited to share what I've learned and uh, hope I can encourage folks to come along with us as we continue to learn more. I think the propane sector looks very different 10 years from now than what it looks like currently, and that's really cool to know you're sort of in the center of change and good change and the right change. Cool, and you know, love talking about change. I want to talk about a particular type of change at the moment. Uh, and that's the uh, efforts that this industry has uh, undertaken to improve its footprint, its environmental footprint. So maybe could you outline how over the last number of years this industry is working towards becoming even more responsible than perhaps it has been in the past and uh, having less of a footprint? Yeah, that's a great question. So I mean, at the end of the day, everything starts with safety, right? If, you, if, if it's not safe, it's just not a part of a conversation. So at the, at the onset, everything to do with propane is around safety making sure it's transported, it's distributed, everything has to be safe and reliable. And then we go on to exactly what you're talking about, the footprint. As a byproduct, we don't have as much control, quite frankly, over the footprint. That's sort of with the natural gas producers. But we, but what we can do is lower, looking at lowering our emissions and looking at other pathways like I just talked about. So maybe the future decarbonization pathway for propane looks like conventional propane, maybe some renewable diamethyl ether and renewable propane. I think all those three pathways are really exciting and um, interesting. Um, the other pathway we're looking at right now, Sean, in its early days, but is hydrogen. So there's a lot of conversation and interest about hydrogen right now as a part, I think, of the energy transformation. Um, propane may be able to transport hydrogen using our trucks that we currently have. Um, for example, in our shoulder seasons, um, propane trucks with a couple switches of the valve transport ammonia and then they switch back and transport propane. We're looking at doing the same type of valve replacement and seeing if we can transport hydrogen. It won't be one size fits all. It doesn't do the volume that perhaps pipelines do. But again, we are part of this interesting puzzle. We are part of these decarbonization pathways and we keep looking at ways to decarbonize ourselves. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes uh, the right regulatory and policy and fiscal frameworks, which is what I'm working on right now. Uh, we talked earlier about renewable propane and RDME. Those are in the U.S. We don't have any in production yet in Canada. Uh, we are working on encouraging that investment into Canada to produce um, that type of energy here. What I think is really interesting specifically about renewable dimethyl ether, uh, 
it, like I said, it's a company in California. They just got their uh, propane onto market in 2021. The feedstock they use is an Alberta feedstock. They use biomass. So from Alberta, we ship our biomass down to the California facility. They use it as a clean feedstock producing RDME. My thinking is there's got to be a way to keep it here and produce that low carbon, in fact, close to zero carbon potentially propane here in Alberta. So those are the kind of things we're looking at. It's early, um, but that also means it's exciting. It absolutely is exciting. I think for any young person listening right now too, this is something you can be a part of, right? Like these are the conversations and the transitions and the, the, the innovation that is just waiting for the next generation of Canadians to get into. Um, I know we've been avoiding barbecues in this conversation, <laughs> but I'm going to bring it to the barbecue. Why is it that propane has largely been thought of as simply for the barbecue and what can we do to change that, that narrative? It's a, it's a good question. I mean, when I got the call for this job, that was the first thing I thought of. I think as a sector, I think and I've mentioned this before, we haven't done a great job advertising or talking about what we do. We just do it. We just put our heads down, we work hard, and we serve the market. Uh, but, the, you know, quite frankly, social media, um, climate change, uh, ESG metrics, decarbonization, these are all big picture ideas that have really transformed the energy system in a good way. I'm really supportive and I'm really excited by what I've seen working in this space in the last 15 years. Propane has to be part of the conversation. As we talk a lot about at my association, if you're not on the menu, you're for dinner, right? So we need to be active in this space. We need to tell our story. We need to talk about what we're good at and where we want to go from here, where we can uh, work in collaboration with other energy spaces, but be at the table. Um, and I think it was just sort of the humbleness and the hardworking uh, nature of the propane folks that sort of held us back from having these bigger conversations but we're here now uh, and we are we are excited to tell our story we're looking for partners we're looking for opportunities and we're we're solutions oriented right we're at the table what can we do to help where can we support where do we go from here uh, so hopefully with my voice my colleagues voices and my members I have over 400 companies um, from coast to coast to coast we have a huge footprint across across Canada so, Sean, we're really working hard to part of the energy conversation. Awesome. Um, and on the topic of maybe correcting assumptions, what are maybe some other things that people might think about propane? Uh, whether it be like its limits, etc., that you want to correct? If you could tell them, no, this is how it actually is, what would they be? Yeah, that's a great question. I can start from my experience. What surprised me in the first few weeks was, I mean, I guess, first of all, our carbon intensity. We are, like I said, as clean as, in terms of carbon intensity, as natural gas. I thought we were, quite frankly, closer to get um, diesel and gasoline. We were a very clean, low emission source. I, I did not know that, I will, I will say. And like I said, we've, we've, we've got uh, room to go to get to zero, but we also have a plan to get there. Prize was... Um, I, we've talked a little bit about it before, but I'll touch on it in two ways, is the versatility, but also the affordability, right? Um, we are all about, uh, you know, getting to low carbon energy sources, but Canadians, we have to be able to afford it. At the end of the day, we have to be able to afford to go home. We have to be able to go home and turn on our lights, be able to cook our dinner. If we've got that as the, as the first pillar, then reliable and clean come into play, but it's sort of that three-pronged approach, right? And so I didn't realize the affordability and versatility and reliability that propane has. I'm confused sometimes as to why it hasn't taken off in ways that I think it should have. Um, I think regulations played a part of that. I think you know we're a small part of the sector. 
Um, we're 2% of the Canadian energy system, but I think we can really punch above our weight, and I think we can really expand. There's huge opportunities for expansion, whether you're looking at um, home heating, uh, oil sands here in Alberta use a huge amount of uh, propane in terms of that their uh, camps, their sites, or even for uh, in situ wells, what we can talk about later if you'd like. But also as a uh, petrochemical feedstock. That's, those are sort of the three biggest domestic growth opportunities for Canada. And I've also talked about um, you know exporting Canadian propane abroad. So those are the areas we can expand. Those are the areas I didn't even know about. And I think putting um, an excited and new voice, saying, I'm going to talk to you about propane today in a way you haven't heard of, uh, getting in rooms, getting on stages, just having conversations with as many people as we can about the role that propane plays, um, I think is something we haven't done, but we are really trying to work on hard. Um, with, and we should say with our counterparts uh, in the U.S., our colleagues do a great job uh, with this narrative and being vocal and being external facing in the World LPG Association, same way. Um, but there's there's a big room. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, room for improvement in this space. I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Awesome. I, I want to circle back to something we spoke about a couple minutes ago. It was taking me a minute to kind of frame how I wanted to dive into this. But we talked a bit about you know the opportunities overseas that pro Canadian propane provides, and like whether they be health, whether they be economic, uh, whether they be you know based on gender lines. What is Canada's responsibility to the world in providing this? And why does it matter that we produce Canadian propane and share it with our, our global family? Yeah, it's a good question. And having worked in the energy space for so long, I worked in the oil sand sector for almost 10 years. I mean, we're the fourth largest crude oil producer and the fifth largest natural gas producer in the world. We are proud of what we do and how we do it. I think for a long time, we shied away from that. We sort of did that Canadian, let's keep our head down. and people will eventually notice what we're doing is the right thing. I think that ship has sailed, whether you look at, you know, what happened in Russia, in Ukraine last year with the Russian invasion, whether you look at uh, energy prices. Um, Canadian resources um, need to be exported. We have so many resources. I think sometimes we take for granted how lucky we are and forget that the rest of the world doesn't live this way or doesn't necessarily have access to these types of resources. So I think these arbitrary conversations about um, you know, this is bad and this is good, this is green, this isn't, uh, let's cap this sector, let's promote this. I just think that we need to support all sectors moving in a decarbonization pathway, and whether we use that at home or abroad, it's the right thing to do. And I think ever and limiting, shutting in, uh, shutting down, however you want to look at it, is harmful not only to Canadians, but it's just detrimental uh, to developing countries, especially worldwide. And I'm really passionate about that because I've lived it. I've seen it. I've, I lived in Nepal for three months and saw the energy source resources they had and didn't have and how that affected their daily life. And I just think as Canadians, we owe it to responsibly produce our energy, use it at home and use it abroad. And then, you know, when we are at a level playing field and everyone has the standard of living we do, um, then maybe it's a different conversation, but we are nowhere close to having that conversation at this point. Okay, and that's I think that's really impactful, right? Like that's that personal side to it. Um, and on that that personal note, um, sorry, we're having a slight technical difficulty. Okay, there we go. Um, you mentioned like your experience overseas and some of the stuff you've seen. So what does it look like when we can bring the uh, resources of Canada overseas and things like propane? What is that? What's the impact that it has and that maybe you've seen? 
Yeah, like I talked about a little bit before, you know, women's empowerment is close to me, maybe because of my gender. Um, and seeing how much time women spent in that, it was a small village just outside of Kathmandu I was in, and seeing how much time was spent um, planting, foraging, and then cooking food, it's an entire day. And you do it over and over again every day because you don't have um, easier, uh, cleaner energy resources to use. If you get women energy resources and like I said, get them out of the kitchen and into classrooms, into schools, into the workforce, that is, that is the type of opportunity that doesn't exist right now in many countries around the world. We, we Again, here in Canada, we forget that most people in the world have never been on a plane. Um, most people don't leave their communities. Uh, we need to think globally in terms of what we do and how we do it and uh, stop thinking so myopically when we're just looking at Canadian energy. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not a binary, clean or dirty, green or not green. It's, it's, it's what's best for us as a collective. Absolutely. Well, Katie, I have one last question for you. If you could leave our listeners, if you could leave young Canadians with one last thing you want them to know about propane, what would it be? I think, for me, it's the opportunity and the unknown future. Right? When you think of propane, you think of your dad's barbecue, that's it. That's not it. Let me, let me tell you, that is not it. There is such a future for propane that we don't even know what it looks like yet. And I would, I would broaden that, Sean, to the entire energy sector. The energy sector has been thrilling for me. I, quite frankly, didn't grow up in the oil and gas sector. I'm from BC, too. I didn't know any of this when I moved to Calgary. These, the downtown towers, oil sands, pipelines, this was all new foreign language to me. But my career has been thrilling, it's been exciting, it's challenged me. I have learned so much about the energy system. Propane is a part of it, but I would just encourage your listeners to think broadly and to just, if you don't know, dive in. Uh, they called me about this job and I didn't really know much about propane, but I said yes, because it sounds like a challenge and it sounds like I'm going to learn something. And I would encourage any uh, young Canadian in this space, don't be afraid, say yes, ask questions. And then my motto is uh, work hard, be humble, right? But I really, really am excited about the energy sector. I want my career to stay here. Um, I'm, if I'm excited about the next 20 years, then I hope folks are excited about the next 20 years too. That's not specific to propane, but I really am passionate about what we do um, as a sector. And hopefully your listeners get a little bit of that from me today as well. Awesome, Katie. Well, thank you so much for your time today. That's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Sean.